Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Indoor Air Quality. I'm your host, Kyle Knappenberger. Today our guest is Alana Shaw. She's an artist, a writer, and editor who lives an unscented lifestyle. She's going to be talking to us about a wide variety of topics including travel, consumerism, personal pollution, terminology, and just awareness in general in the MCS community. She's helped folks with her blog, and she's turned her negative experiences into a positive. And now I would like to welcome Alana Shaw to the show. Alana, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me, Kyle. How has your website helped others deal with MCS? Uh, thank goodness for the Internet. Uh, it, it has definitely revolutionized life for people with MCS and sensitivities, allergies. Normally, uh, my days now, I, I can't just go anywhere I want because of fragrance, pollution, pets, allergens. It's, there's a whole you know, list of things that cause negative reactions. So I've learned to reach out to this using a global um, tool, and it's been wonderful to meet people from all over the world and uh, share experiences. Twitter is particularly good for people with MCS and fragrance-free desires. <laughs> oh, Twitter, really, huh? I'm aware of you know several communities, blogs, and different sites, but I haven't spent much time on Twitter looking for MCS resources. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, just check out different hashtags. I use fragrance-free uh, MCS, but whether you use multiple chemical sensitivity, chemical sensitivities, health, uh, allergies, uh, asthma, you can connect with people all over the world who have these same problems. You mentioned you live a scent-free or unscented lifestyle. Could you explain the difference between those terms, unscented, fragrance-free, scent-free, odor-free? Well, I wish there was a set-in-stone term that we could all rely on, and we just can't right now. Um, so you have fragrance-free, unscented, no scent, without scent, uh, all kinds of variations, and there are loopholes because when you buy a product, sometimes they're using a masking fragrance, and they don't actually uh, uh, – manufacturers, uh, uh, companies, they don't have to disclose that. Um, so you become your own test subject. Um, I just try to find companies that I can generally talk with a real person, not just you know somebody working for them, somebody that actually cares about their product, smaller companies, and I find out what the situation is with the fragrance levels, if there are masking fragrances, if there are other things. Uh, oh, the natural essential oil situation is just awful for people with asthma and allergies. So just because there's this world where people are just black and white where they say, I only use organic or I, I will not use anything that's synthetic. Uh, for me, I have to walk a line between those worlds and find things that work for me that actually don't have odor and uh, don't have – sometimes there aren't any odors, but they still cause problems for people with asthma and uh, multiple chemical sensitivity. What's a term that you think causes confusion or is often misunderstood? Um, hypoallergenic is very misunderstood. As an individual with MCS, how do you sort out what different companies and manufacturers have to say about their products and services? You know, How do you weigh the claims that they are making? So what I'm hearing is um, 
how do we understand what advertisers are putting out there on television, um, different devices, in print? How do we understand what we're being sold as consumers? And it's it's almost <laughs> impossible, I think, to understand what is really going on with commercials, with advertising. Um, it because I entered the business. Working as a model, I was mostly um, product modeling. I did a lot of catalog, a lot of commercials, uh, working with products. You understand the the the, the curtain is is pulled aside. You get to see the wizard that's in the Wizard of Oz. You get to see how they they make the sausages. And so advertising only has to put one kind of positive spin on a product just to get you to believe in the experience. And it's, it, it can be very um, dangerous for people with asthma, allergies, and COPD to use scented um, air fresheners. Uh, you cannot wash products with a, a bottle of scented material. There are all kinds of labels as things being safe. Uh, hypoallergenic was a term, a marketing term created in the 50s for makeup, which said that it was less allergenic, but it actually really didn't mean anything. And now people are even applying. I believe that's a unregulated term. Yes, it is. And people are applying this to dogs. Um, so for a, an overall wellness uh, picture. We need to think about as MCS people, what other allergies are undermining our wellness. It's not just one thing. Generally, when you have MCS, you do have other things that are causing inflammation in your body. It could be reactions to pets, to pollen, to food. Um, but we have to take the blinders off and not just be people with multiple chemical sensitivities. We need to understand our bigger health picture and do things to support ourselves from all avenues. And the best way I find, and this was told to me by my doctor, um, my allergy and asthma doctor in Beverly Hills, who said avoidance when it comes to these chemical sensitivities. What is some of the advice you give to someone who may just be starting to understand that they have uh, multiple chemical sensitivity? So the, the number one tip, and it's really kind of the most work, is make a safe home and a safe car so that you can get out into the world. And I even carry oxygen when I drive in case I've had a run-in with something that's really toxic. Um, the, that avoidance really is the, the best practice. Your website has a lot of great information on traveling with multiple chemical sensitivity. What, what's traveling like for you? What, what has been your experience? It's definitely a challenge, and I've given up on air travel for now. Um, the pesticide, fragrance, dog combination, it's just too much for my system. So I drive, and um, I have a checklist. Well, we, my husband and I generally go, so that way if I have a bad night and I can't drive, Somebody, one of the two of us can always drive, so that's important. But when we call and make reservations, we try to do this. We call ahead for no pet uh, rooms and no pet hotels uh, because the pet allergens cause problems for six months to a year. People don't realize that the proteins stick around even when the dog's gone. 
Um, so it comes from saliva, skin, and urine. There's no such thing as that <laughs> mythical hypoallergenic dog. Um, so I, I check for no pet rooms, no smoking rooms, of course, a high floor. Um, and uh, the room, if it has a balcony, that way I can open the balcony door, not worry about any safety issues, air the room out, ask the, the whoever the company is for fragrance-free cleaning products the day of arrival. Definitely no carpet deodorizers or spray fragrance deodorizers. Um, and I definitely bring my own linens and towels. How receptive have hotels been to some of the requests that you've made while you're planning a trip? It really depends who you get because saying you're fragrance sensitive, people just really don't understand what that means. They don't understand that it can be so damaging or your synaptic connections in your brain. I mean, it just short circuits the brain, the lungs. It just sets off a whole uh, system failure, essentially sinuses, of course, um, they, they have been very kind for the most part, but once we get there, it, it um, hasn't been so successful. The, they're in the business of having a lot of people come and go, and people are wearing shoes, and uh, shoes are tracking a lot of things in if carpets are dirty, and they generally just put carpet deodorizer. These things are not cleanable that quickly so it's unfortunate even though their intention intentions can be very good no not so successful we did have a really good experience with a hotel in salt lake um little america and again it was a company where i spoke with somebody that was very passionate about the company the owner is somebody that takes great pride in their their uh hotels it was the best experience i had on a uh, cross country drive last year. Has travel gotten any easier? Uh, has MCS awareness made any positive impact from your experiences? Going no smoking has been a big help because whenever there's smoking, there's going to be more fragrance because they try to cover over the smoke fragrance, which you can't. You can't ever cover over a smell. It's just going to be a layer, whether it's body odor. Sorry, but if it's body odor, we're still going to smell the body odor and the, and the fragrance. If it's smokers in a hotel room, we're still going to smell the smoke. We're just going to smell the extra layer of fragrance. So that's really been the only improvement. Um, the green situation has been helpful, but again, a lot of people don't understand what that means. So they might change light bulbs or switch to something they think is a green cleaner, but it really is. Um, Still a toxic problem for our product, and um, the dog situation with people sneaking dogs in everywhere and just needing to take their dogs. Uh, I, I get that they're family members and and people love their dogs, but they there are plenty of hotels that allow pets, and they still want to insist on going places that are no pet. I, I guess they just don't understand that people can have allergy and asthma issues and that it's lingering even when the pet's gone. I'm sure people aren't intentionally saying, oh, I'm going to go and hurt those people. They're allergic to my dog. I don't think that's the case at all. With the challenges of traveling, you, it almost makes you just want to stay home often. You know, you can't treat the air everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah, but, but on the home front, I, 
that's where the air purifier really comes in handy. No matter how extreme I can be about keeping things clean and not using toxic cleaners, um, I need air exchange. So I open windows, there's going to be pollen, um, there might be smoke from fires or general ambient pollution levels. Um, I always have an air purifier, a quality air purifier. I've, I've had some of the, the ones that you can just buy at the local big box store, um, and I haven't been as satisfied with those, but I, an air purifier is very important to me. What is your advice for someone who's just coming into the MCS community, starting to understand the challenges and the problems? What would be that, you know, maybe one or two things that you would tell them, you know, just this is the first thing you got to take care of? What what would that be? For somebody that's just putting two and two together and figuring out that they're sensitive to scent, um, the, the best thing they can do is pay attention to what they're they're smelling. Um, it sounds kind of silly and simple, but if you can smell it and it's a problem, remove yourself from the situation. I still, after two decades of dealing with uh, multiple chemical sensitivity, I will still stay places because I don't want to embarrass somebody or hurt somebody's feelings or I think I can handle it. Um, don't try to handle it. Just try to uh, politely remove yourself from the situation. That's going to be the best thing um, and learn what these products are, uh, do a lot of research, and take care of yourself. Remember to take care of yourself. Reducing what you use, avoiding it if you can, uh, just taking those different steps are, are all important to, to really helping deal and manage chemical sensitivity. And, you know, I, I definitely feel that um, society keeps moving on and, and people make more adjustments to what they're doing. Awareness will, will hopefully increase and, and, and the need for, um, you know, complex regimens will hopefully go away uh, for folks that are having to deal with it. It boils down to be aware and avoidant and realize that other people, they are, they have personal pollution clouds around them that they really don't understand. I wish there was a way to create awareness so people would understand those layers of fragrance from the time they wake up in the morning with their toothpaste, their soap, lotion, laundry, soaps uh, that are in their clothing, just the layers that go on, the air fresheners in their car, the fragrance that they added on. When they get to their workplace, they want to have some kind of diffuser and make other people in the office ill. I mean, there's just so many layers, and it's awareness. And the people that have MCS, we become aware because we have to. The people that have this uh, personal pollution of fragrance surrounding them, kind of like Pig Ben in the Charlie Brown commercial uh, cartoon. Um, and I wish there was a way that we could stand together and raise awareness. If our listeners would like to uh, find out more about you, where should they go? Well, they can just go to my blog, which is uh, com, And that's my name, A-L-O-N-N-A-S-H-A-W. I'm sure many of our listeners will check that out. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for including me in your podcast. I really appreciate you spreading the awareness.
That was Alana Shaw, and she raised several great points, and I wanted to touch upon one of those in particular before we close today. The various terminology that is used can be confusing, and it can mean different things to different people. Natural, organic, essential oils, fragrances, perfumes, chemicals, just to name a few, uh, you know, they really have a variety of impacts and different meanings. There are plenty of man-made things that are safe and many naturally occurring things that can be dangerous. I'm often asked if a product is organic, as if being organic makes it okay. Chemistry is all around us, and different chemicals and different compounds fulfill different needs and different functions. There are organic compounds and inorganic compounds, and even if you talk to different chemists or different fields of chemistry, organic and inorganic compounds can mean different things. Frankly, most of the earth is inorganic. Rocks and minerals are naturally occurring, and they're inorganic. Many of the dietary supplements we take that are just fine for us are inorganic. And there's also some very harmful chemicals that are organic. Think of the term VOCs, volatile organic compounds. So it's important to ask, what does a term mean to the product at hand, and how does it impact me or, the, or that particular product's function? You know, an example uh, before we close here is, you know, the company that I work for makes air cartridges for air systems. The technology behind it is inorganic. It's metal oxides. These are safe materials. They're not organic, and they're not harmful, and the technology is designed to break down harmful chemicals without releasing harmful chemicals or byproducts to the environment. Well, that is all the time we have for the show today. Thank you for listening, and please remember, if you have any questions, you, you may submit them through our website, which is envirocleanse.com. Let me spell that for you. It is E-N-V-I-R-O-K-L-E-N-Z dot com. You can also reach us by phone here in the United States at 239-330-9650, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Eastern, or by sending an email to cussserve at envirocleanse.com. That's C-U-S-T-S-E-R-V at envirocleanse.com. Until next time, I'm Kyle, and this was Let's Talk Indoor Air Quality. 